0: Offer valid on select AK systems, through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at Chappacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
3: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
1: This is The Edge on vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Okay, Living on the Edge on a Thursday here at the South Point Sportsbook. Matt Humans and Brady Cannon. Guess what? JVT, who's been on vacation, is going to make a surprise appearance on today's show. Dave Tooley is also going to be on today's show. It's stacked. It's a very slow news day, Brady Cannon. Not much going on. I don't know what we're going to talk about for the next hour. Let's start with the Big Ten Pac-12 merger. (laughs) How about this? I cannot believe... What's going on in college sports right now? And as a Big Ten guy, you would think I'd be excited about this, but I'm really not because I I hate to see conferences ripped apart at the seams. This is from Pete Thamel, who's an ESPN writer uh, for college football. Quote, spoke to a few sources who called USC and UCLA's move to the Big Ten a formality with a press conference expected in the next 24 hours. Perhaps as soon as tonight, this is essentially done. Uh, Brady, college football, college basketball landscape is not going to be what we're used to. It's going to be dramatically different. And uh, now the the Big Ten trying to become the super conference by adding – the two L.A. power schools.
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. I don't like it either, and I'm a Pac-12 guy. I know Uh you're a Big Ten guy. I'm a Pac-12 guy, and it just seems like UCLA and USC are the cornerstones of that franchise, if you will, of that conference. And to see them go away, I mean, what is Bill Walton doing right now? Is he going to still be able to say the Conference of Champions, his team, UCLA, on the move, USC – No, it it doesn't feel good at all to me.
4: Well, you take away the natural rivalries that we look forward to so much, and uh, now you're going to have USC at Rutgers battling uh, in the Big Ten, Uh, UCLA, Penn State. I just – I don't – I know it's greed. It's all about greed and money. uh, But at some point, and I think we're at the point now where you really – you're tearing the sport apart. And I remember talking to Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook director here, when he put up the college football games of the year. And we were talking about the NIL deals and some of these quarterbacks who are now signing multimillion-dollar, essentially, contracts with college programs. And Chris and I were both shaking our heads, and he said, you know what? They're going to ruin the sport we love. I don't know if it's going to be ruined. It's going to be much different, and I don't think it's going to be better. Let's say it's new. And it's not going to be improved. Let's put it that way. It's going to take a lot of getting uh, getting adjusted to Brady. And uh, I don't see many positives at all in this. Even as somebody who's pro Big Ten, adding USC and UCLA, I don't like it. I didn't like Texas and Oklahoma going to the
2: SEC. Right, right. No, I, I'm with you. I mean, we've seen adjustments for a long time now. You remember the Big 8 when Colorado and Nebraska were playing. And, and I think, you know, as time goes on uh, and sports evolve, there is healthy change. But I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't believe at this point the change is healthy any longer. I did a piece in grade school where I talked about I, I was backing, you know, college players should be paid because they're paid anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now, again, this has gotten out of hand, the NIL deal you're talking about. And and all this uh, maneuvering and conference change, uh, no, I, I wish it would slow down. I wish it would revert. Um, I wish it would come to a halt. Uh, and like you say, I don't think it's healthy for the sport at all. And, and as betters, you know, I don't know how much impact it has on us as far as betters. Um, but certainly as sports fans, uh, a lot of the tradition is going out the window.
4: It sure is. And then what's going to happen to schools like Stanford, Utah, Cal? The you know Washington. Stanford and Oregon. USC was
2: a great rivalry. For and so many great
4: you know. rivalries in the Pac-12, and uh, you know all this is going to be different now. Assuming this goes through, uh, again, reports say it's essentially done. USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. So uh, we'll see what happens next. The Big Twelve's been trying to regroup since losing Texas and Oklahoma. BYU is headed there. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Maybe UNLV finally becomes a member of the Pac-12. That's what we were talking <laughs> about before the show. It's not going to be the same. It might be the Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12. Who knows what's going to be. I guess be,
2: they're back to the Pac-10 anyway, right?
4: Well, now the, the, the Big Ten's got 16 teams. Right, right. <laughs> 16 schools in the Big Ten.
2: Anyway, you, you, I guess you could
4: add four more and just call, keep calling it the Big Ten and have two 10-team divisions. There you go. Yeah. You could do something like that. But anyway, um, let's talk – Unfortunate. Let's talk Justin Fields, former Ohio State yeah. quarterback uh, out of the Big Ten and the Chicago Bears. Ben Fox of uh, ESPN, uh, excuse me, of v formerly of ESPN, <laughs> had this tweet yesterday about the uh, Bears. Under 6.5 wins is the most lopsided season win total bet at Caesars Sports so far this offseason. 95% of the bets on the under and nearly 18 times the money is on the under, and uh, I should clarify that Ben also mentioned that was the most lopsided season win total under bet, uh, not over and under. But uh, as far as unders, the Bears drawing uh, more money than any other team at six and a half. And you know I can jump on, uh, I can jump on this as well because I bet the Bears under the season win total. I think uh, five years in a row. I lost one of those, but the Bears have been a really good bet under the total. Under Matt Nagy, who is now gone. Uh, Six and a half seems to be a fair adjustment because the Bears' win total was higher the last couple of years. Now expectations are lower. You got a new coach, you got Justin Fields in his second year at quarterback, and Brady. The Bears opened the season as six-point home dogs to the 49ers. You can see the schedule up there on the screen.
2: Yeah, you know, I think on the surface, many of these games uh, in the opening half of the season especially look like losses, but, you know, many of their opponents do have changes as far as, like, head coach and quarterback. You mentioned they open as an underdog. They will host the San Francisco 49ers, who are starting an unproven Trey Lance. Then they go to Green Bay, and then they take on three straight teams with new head coaches. They're at home for the Texas on the road at the Giants and then on the road in Minnesota. They come back home to face a team with a new quarterback, Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders and then two very difficult road games at New England, at Dallas. Miami then comes to Chicago with a new coach and then they play three very winnable games in a row. They host the Lions at the Falcons and then at the Jets and then they play uh, three very losable games in a row hosting the Packers, hosting the Eagles, hosting the Bills. They finish up at Detroit and home for the Vikings. I came up with five wins, but I'll call it six because I imagine there's going to be one really weird one in there that nobody expects and Mm -hmm. will kill somebody's survivor pool. But it is in their favor. Four out of their five games in December, they play at home. And you know the weather at Soldier. That could be advantageous for the Bears.
4: Yeah, and you look at the schedule and you say how many times are the Bears going to be favored. Right now, you would say the Bears are going to be favored in about five games.
2: I guess and, three, and at the Westgate,
4: it's only two. Yeah, the Westgate's got the Bears favored in two games. I think by the time some of this plays out, uh, the Bears could be favored in as many as five. But as of today, right. it's two games, and that's it. And that's why it's hard to bet a season win total over six and a half when you have that sort of situation. I'll go Bears under again this year. The one thing that could send the Bears over is... Impressive development out of quarterback Justin Fields, who's entering his second year. I thought he showed a lot of flaws as a rookie. Let's get a viewpoint from uh, NFL Network on what to expect from Justin Fields in year two. Well, he always puts the defense at a disadvantage. Mm. He's able to run, he's able to throw. I loved him in college because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. I hated playing against him because <laughs> of those reasons. You look at what he does. He's able to stretch the field with the tight ends. He's got a great receiver. Um, He's just got a lot of pieces growing around him. All right, that's Cam Hayward, Steelers defensive lineman, talking about Justin Fields. And uh, are you buying or selling what uh, the Haywards hype on Fields?
2: Uh, I am not buying. Uh, I, I think the kid has some upside for sure, but they, they just didn't really see a lot of it last year, and I think a lot of that has to do with how poor the team is, mm-hmm. and really poor at the offensive line. Now, they drafted three offensive linemen this year in the draft, uh, but they're all developmental guys. One guy was in the seventh round, and two guys were in the fifth round, so I don't really know how much they did to uh, address that need. They also, of course, I talked about you know transition with some of their opponents. They, of course, have a new coach, Matt Eberflus, uh, and they have a new general manager as well. I, there's not even that many names on this roster that are very recognizable. Mm-hmm. They, they lose Akeem Hicks. They lose Khalil Mack. Um, just looking at this schedule, like I said, I, I thought that they would be a favorite in maybe three games, and then uh, sure enough, the Westgate only has them as a favorite in two games, and it's hard to speculate. Like you say, they could end up being a favorite in four or five or six games, but... No, I, I'm not ready to buy in on the Bears or Justin Fields.
4: If you look at the schedule, the Bears do have some winnable uh, spots on there. Home against the Texans, home against uh, Washington, actually uh, home against the Dolphins. I don't, I'm not uh, completely buying all the Dolphins hype, even though I do think they're going to be better. you got the Falcons and the Jets on the road. Uh, you, you know, Obviously, you've got the Lions twice, and uh, the, the Bears always have a decent chance to split with the Vikings. I'll still say under six and a half. I'm not crazy about it because I do think the coaching change could make a difference. The last couple of years, I wanted to fade Matt Nagy every chance I could get. And I think if the Bears actually put a scarecrow on the sideline and stood him up there, (laughs) they would have an improvement in, in coaching this season.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with (laughs) you. I I do believe this will be an improvement. You know, he spent four years, did Eberflus uh, with the Indianapolis Colts as their defensive coordinator. And, you know, Indianapolis is not known for tremendous defense, but they were always pretty steady. And uh, I I think he was a disciplinarian type guy. Maybe the Bears need some of that. Um, So I'm with you. I think it will be an improvement.
4: Well, Matt Matt Nagy was just a a bumbling uh, fool as a play caller. And I know a lot of people wanted to blame it all on Mitchell Trubisky when the Bears were losing. Believe me, it was not all Trubisky. Matt Nagy had a lot to do with it. And, uh, of course, we'll get a chance to talk about a lot I knew, more uh, of that. What's I knew that?
2: people that would bet against the Bears when Nagy was calling the plays, and they would bet on the Bears when the play calling <laughs> was given to Bill Lazor.
4: Yeah. It's probably a better idea just to bet against the Bears all the time. <laughs> but, anyway, instead of trying to pick your spots, the Bears do have a Monday night football game at the Patriots in Week 7. Uh, Yesterday, we took a look at the best of the Thursday night schedule in the NFL. Later in the show, we're going to take a look at the best of the Monday night schedule. Quick break. We come back. It's JVT on the NBA.
1: Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall.
5: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six man of the year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it all?
0: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because I it? Ain't it?
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: Every rivalry. Every rematch. Every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall.
0: And
5: I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all?
4: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all.
0: I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't it. Ain't it?
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: This is The Edge
1: on VSN, the sports betting network.
2: The Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily baseball best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features daily best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber all the way through July 31st. Sign up now, vcin.com slash summer.
4: All right, it says here, Brady, that we're going to talk football. But that's (laughs) not going to be the case. We have to call an audible right now and go to JVT on the NBA to talk about KD. And uh, let's welcome him in now. He's been on vacation, but this guy never wants to uh, stop working. Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA analyst here at uh, vcin, joins us now. By phone, somewhere on the West Coast, JVT. What's up with KD? <laughs>
6: well, it has changed everything, dude. This is uh, this. I would say this: the NBA has. There is no other professional sport that has a better off season than the NBA, right? In terms of following it from a drama standpoint, but he wants out. Doesn't want to play with the Brooklyn Nets anymore. Seems that he doesn't want to play with Kyrie Irving anymore, which is interesting because if you remember, like, I feel like two weeks ago, there was a report that. Uh, KD felt that the Nets did not do enough uh, to understand Kyrie Irving. Well, apparently he understands that he doesn't want to play with him anymore. So he wants out. Uh, Miami and Phoenix are uh, reportedly his favorite teams to play for, uh, with Phoenix being the top team. What makes this interesting, guys, is KD signed an extension. He's under control. So this isn't one of those scenarios where, like, an Anthony Davis, right, who's got an expiring contract can say, Hey, you can trade me to Detroit, for example, but I'm not going to resign so thus, the Pistons aren't going to trade for him. Any team that wants to trade for Kevin Durant's is going to have him for the next four years. So this opens up the door for every single one of these teams, not named the Brooklyn Nets, to call Brooklyn and say, hey, what's the asking price here? And that's what makes it pretty fascinating. I know we're seeing Phoenix kind of being listed as the favorite now because he, or that is the team he wants to go to, but the Nets are under no obligation to trade him to the team that he wants to go to. So this is going to be pretty fascinating to see where he ends up.
4: It's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers situation. You're have a, you under contract, and you want to try to force a trade. You want to go somewhere else, but the team has control. You don't have control. Uh, what do you think has happened here? You, you kind of hinted at it. Do you think KD got sick of Kyrie's act, and he just said, hey, I don't want to tie my uh, future to Kyrie Irving anymore because he's too unpredictable? And um, what, what's going to happen with Kyrie, JVT, because he's opted in, uh, obviously, at a – at about $40 million for next season, can the Nets still move him?
6: Yeah, so I, I think really it does seem like that, man. I mean, just think about this, what's happened with Brooklyn over the last year. So they go, they get, and actually we'll call it like two years, right? So they go and they get KD, they get Kyrie, they think they're going to start everything new. Kevin Durant buys in, because him and Kyrie apparently were tight. And you go and you acquire James Harden and you have your big three, but then clearly Harden gets tired of carrying the load. It's not what he signed up for, especially when Kyrie Irving refused to play last year because of the whole vaccine thing. So he wants to get out of there. Then Kevin Durant's looking around and going, well, wait a minute, this is what I signed up for. I thought we were going to have our three guys. I thought this was going to be it. Kyrie, I have no idea if you're even going to play, even though you've opted in. No idea if you're going to be available or if you're even dedicated to doing this. So yeah, I want to get out of here too. So I think that's kind of what has happened here. And as far as Kyrie Irving is concerned, like, Yes, you can theoretically trade him because, you know, he's he's a contracted player and all that stuff. But remember, he's a $37 million cap hit. So who's acquiring him, right? I mean, there's certain teams that have space for him. Um, But, I mean, it's not going to be the Lakers. It's not going to be one of those teams. I know that the – I think it was uh, the Mavericks who were rumored, rumored to be sniffing around Kyrie Irving at one point. The Pistons have a lot of cap space, and they can make that happen. Do the Knicks want to go out and acquire him for a year? Who knows? I mean, do they say, Jalen Brunson, you know what, never mind, let's do this? So there are teams that could get Kyrie, Matt. But I think at the end of the day, this is going to be Kyrie Irving and whatever pieces are going to be acquired by Brooklyn. And also keep in mind, too, because this was is, this is pointed out, because of the Harden deal, this is not going to be assets. Like, this is going to be basketball players because the Brooklyn Nets, they're not tanking for the Houston Rockets, right? The Rockets have all their picks. This is going to be a team that wants – legitimate basketball players and prospects to play and develop because they want a future going forward because they don't control their own destiny when it comes to their drafting.
2: John, from a betting perspective, you look at the Westgate Superbook. Uh, When I first got into the studio, they had adjusted the future price on the Nets to win the championship next year to 25 to 1. It's now to 50 to 1. So action is happening quickly here uh, along the news coming out that KD wants to move. But you know how how can we handicap this, if you will? I mean, I get sick and tired of KD, Kyrie, James Harden. It seems like they're three of the biggest problems in the NBA. I would not want to bet on any of these teams as far as a futures play uh, for any of these guys winning a title, winning a conference, what have you. I, I mean, would you be of the same mindset that you just stay long and far away from these three guys? No,
6: I would say Kyrie, Brady is at the top of that list. Like, he's clearly very fickle, very wishy-washy in terms of what he wants to do. I mean, you can make a really long list, right, of teams that used to play or Kyrie Irving used to play for that all of a sudden had better success uh, when he left them, right? You know, humans and I remember that Boston Celtics run. He gets injured, his knee, and that was the start of this young core, and they make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, you can go down the list of teams that Kyrie has been a part of that have gotten better since he has left. You know, I, but I'd push back, like – I know that Kevin Durant is like this really, we'll call it sensitive for lack of a better term, guy who pushes back a lot on social media and tweets a bunch. But at the same time, if you look at him from a basketball perspective, when he's healthy, he's been a very consistent player. He's played extremely well. You know, at times this year, he was the only thing that the Nets had, and at times this year, actually the beginning of the season, he was a top MVP candidate before he got hurt. So I think Kevin Durant is a legitimate player who, wherever he goes, he's going to make them better, and he's going to be consistent. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be out there. So I would say I agree more with the whole wherever Kyrie Irving is going to go. Like, even with the Lakers, like, are we really saying, let's paint a picture of somehow they get Kyrie Irving. Like, like you really, depend, you really think that Kyrie Irving is going to start to just break out of the shell that he's been, and just be like, you know what, I'm, playing, I'm going to play an 80-ish game this year. Like, it just hasn't happened. So I would agree on the stance of Kyrie Irving, but I do think that Harden and what the Philadelphia 76ers done has been pretty impressive in this offseason very quietly, and I think Kevin Durant has been a really consistent basketball player, and depending on where he goes, I still think they're a legitimate championship
4: team. All right, report from ESPN. Phoenix and Miami are among the two teams Kevin Durant has on his wish list, but the Nets plan to move Durant where they can get the best possible deal. Four years remaining on his contract, there's no shortage of teams willing to deal and unload assets for Kevin Durant. All right, that's from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN. And uh, so the KD wants to go where it's hot. He uh, his preferred destinations are the Heat or the Suns. It appears JVT. I know you're high on the Clippers. When you look at NBA futures, is there anything out there that you could jump at today and say, "Hey, I think KD might be headed to Phoenix." Or KD might be headed to the heat. Is there something you could buy on in the NBA futures market right now where you, you see there might be some value so many months out?
6: So I, the one thing that and it actually ties in what we're talking about, Matt, and I was actually shopping around and looking at prices on this team yesterday, and I kind of mentioned it to you guys. If everything unfolds as it's it's reportedly going to here, for the Philadelphia 76ers, I think you really like what this team is doing in this offseason. De'Anthony Melton is a really good acquisition for their bench. Ten points per game, really good defender, can score, can shoot. P.J. Tucker is going to go to Philadelphia. As right, James Harden did not opt out of his deal for no reason. He knows that P.J. Tucker is going to go, so they're going to add P.J. Tucker. It does seem like there may be uh, dealing Tobias Harris. Sacramento has been rumored to be a team that's going to pick up Tobias Harris because for some reason they just really want to make the play-in tournament. And if that's the case, depending on what they get back or whatever space they create by shipping off Tobias Harris and adding more, you know this is a 76ers team that could all of a sudden, when, when everything settles, right, and whether Kevin Durant goes to Miami or whether he goes to Phoenix, but especially if he goes to Phoenix, you know if he, if he's out of the Eastern Conference, Kevin Durant, I think you're looking around and going, you know, Philly might be the second best team in that conference, right? Like the first best team in that conference, depending on how you rate them in Milwaukee. But you could have got them at about seventeen to one yesterday. So depending on how this shakes out and where this is going to go, like Philadelphia was already a team I had circled to potentially invest in early on, and I think that's where you're going first because I think the thought is is that people are going to be down on the 76ers, James Harden, all of the stuff, the way that they lost in the postseason. But when I look at Philly, I see a team that's making some really good moves in this offseason and has the potential to add to their depth, and I think that's the one you're going for, especially if we're talking about in that range of like the 17-1 to 1 that I found yesterday.
2: Oh well, that's a good number. It's twelve to one now, John. You kind of alluded yep. to it there uh, about uh, Durant possibly leaving the conference. You've got the Celtics at eight to one, the Bucks at eight to one, and now Philadelphia at twelve to one. Is Philly a team even at twelve to one that you would still be backing?
6: Yeah, especially if he's going to leave, and even if he comes in like that. So you want to sit and see what happens, Brady. But, I, I like, I, I do. Like, if you look at Philadelphia, and the one thing I will say, if you want to plug your nose a little bit when it comes to 76ers, is that Doc Rivers has been known to hold some teams back. So, that like, when you get to a playoff series, that'll be tough to kind of look at. But this, I like what this team offers. And even, like, when we focus on a guy like Harden, right, In the fact that we don't really like him as a player, all that stuff, Harden's still a top 25 player in the NBA. Tyrese Maxey has developed into a dynamic scoring guard who can play quick, who's really good on the offensive end of the floor, and on top of the depth that they're going to add to this team, you know, backup center is going to be something that they need to really address. Is it going to be Andre Drummond? i say Hartenstein's out there, former Clipper who's a really good defensive big who could play well behind Joel Embiid. So if they address those, like that's a team that I look at and say, you know what, they check a lot of boxes for me. And all of a sudden, what could be a much weaker conference for Kevin Durant out of there. So I would say yes, Brady. Like if we're still floating in that range, and again, always shop around. A lot of these prices vary, but if you're giving me in the range of about fifteen to one on Philadelphia, I think so.
4: All right. In the words of JVT, normal people keep the world going, (laughs) but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. That's what he said before he left for vacation. Quick break here on The Edge.
1: This is The Edge on VCN, the sports betting network.
4: Brady, Brady, you ready for a fresh change? Ready you ready a for a
2: fresh start? start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zyn 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zyn nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zyn 10 Challenge today at zin.com slash 10. That's z-y-n.com slash 10.
4: All right. It's not a slow news day, that's for sure. we got USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 uh, for the Big Ten, which is uh, now the Big 16 and might be on the way to being the Big 20. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, there are reports out there the Big Ten is not done expanding, trying to stay ahead of the SEC. We've also got the Brooklyn Nets busting up. It looks like uh, KD has demanded a trade or requested a trade, and JVT joined us in the previous segment. Now we go to v senior writer Dave Tooley who is with us to uh, talk a variety of football topics. And uh, Dave, you do uh, a great job in Point Spread Weekly each week, uh, hitting on a variety of sports, and you've been one of the few guys who's handicapped the USFL on a weekly basis this season. A lot of people might be surprised to find out we are at the USFL championship game this week. It's not exactly generating a lot of media hype, but the Birmingham Stallions, four-point favorites over the uh, excuse me Philadelphia Stars, Total of uh, 45, Moneyline Stallions minus 190. Dave, I'm going to take a wild guess and say you're taking the four and a half that's out there with the underdog.
7: Uh, yes, I've already, already taken the four and a half. Uh, yeah, the, the Stallions have been the uh, dominant team in, in the league in the 10-week 10, 10 regular season. Um, but uh, the, the, but since they beat the, the Stars in week five, 31-17, uh, both teams are 5-1 and one against the spread. But the uh, you know the stars are four one and one. I mean they're both five and one straight up. But the stars are four one and one against the spread, while the stallions are two and four against the spread. As you know, the other teams have kind of closed the gap on them. It's it's been pretty much a, a lot of parity in the USFL the whole season. Um, favorites won close to seventy five percent straight up overall, uh, but uh, but they're only uh, twenty twenty and two against the spread. So. The, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the dogs, unlike the NBA playoffs where we saw where spread really came into play. Um, in a lot of games in the USFL, the spread comes into play. So I think that plus four and a half could uh, be very important if the game comes down to a late field goal.
4: Dave. All right, Dave Tooley saying take the stars plus four and a half. I wanted to ask you about the total, too, because uh, this season started out in the USFL with a lot of low-scoring games. and We had major adjustments in the total. Uh, now we 're kind of back to that midpoint a number of uh, forty five you have any thoughts on the usFL championship game total
7: um i I have a slight lean to the over i i i put it uh, different ways that I figured around forty five and a half or forty seven uh, so i mean it's not 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 that much of an edge but like like you said the the under really strong the first four First three weeks going an eight and four, but then the overs went on a big run after the the books adjusted uh, too low, and uh, but it, it's mostly the last few weeks. It's mostly leveled off, uh, splitting you know two two, and then you know one one last week in the uh, in the two playoff games.
2: Well, Dave, uh, a couple of months from now, you and I imagine we'll uh, see each other on a Friday night uh, as we turn in our picks for the Westgate Super Contest. <laughs> You're all over town. The uh, William Hill Contest, the Golden Nugget Contest, the Circa Contest, of course. Have you signed up for any contests yet? And and what is the latest as far as participation? It is certainly contest sign-up season out here in Las Vegas.
7: Right. Circa opened uh, the Circa Sports Million 4 and Circa Survivor 3 um, just just over a month ago, they, they waited until the NFL schedule came out and then finalized their rules. Because especially their survivor depends a lot on the Thanksgiving and Christmas games uh, they they put in those extra weeks. But uh, yeah, those are both thousand dollar entry, and they've already got a couple hundred uh, entries. But yeah, you know, like you said, now is the time. You know, July fourth weekend and into August is when we'll see most people sign up. And the uh, the main news right now is that the yeah, the Westgate and the uh, Golden Nugget, um, which has a contest that has both pro and college where you pick seven games a week, uh, those are both opening on Friday. Uh, so tomorrow people can join them for those contests. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people in town and out of town that love to, you know, enter you know, two or all three of those contests as well. So, yeah, it's contest season is picking up now. All
4: right, take a look on the screen there, the Westgate Super Contest and the Super Contest Gold. And for those who are not familiar with the format, Super Contest, $1,000 entry fee, maximum three entries per person. Picked five games a week against the spread. All 18 weeks of the season, top 30 positions paid. And the Super Contest gold is a $5,000 entry fee, same format, but it's winner take all. Uh, Dave, have you talked to Jay Cornegay or any of the guys over there at the Westgate? I've talked to him off and on about this. Uh, it was, at one point, I think it expanded as far as 100 positions paid in this contest, how do you feel about only the top 30 paid in the super contest?
7: Yeah, they they reduced that um, because, you know, after a circuit surpassed them, the overall um, entries and then the pandemic obviously had an effect in 2020. So the numbers were way down. But then uh, the Westgate has also added more in-season Contests where they spread around more of the money mm-hmm. and the payoffs, and the you know, even they even added a two nine week contests uh, this year, weeks one through nine and weeks ten through eighteen. So yeah, they're putting more money into the uh, the contests within the contest, and so they yeah they lowered the uh, the overall payouts to the top thirty.
4: Brady Cannon. You're a member of a former Westgate Super Contest championship team. What year was that, and how do you feel about the current format of the Super Contest?
2: Uh, 2011 was the year, so 11 years ago. Um, I, I really like what you know. competition oftentimes breeds you know positive results, and I think that's what we have here in town with the competition that Circa brought to the table with the Survivor Contest and the Circa Millions. Uh, and Westgate has responded, and like Dave talks about, all the contests within the contest and now even more so, the nine-week. They have have a three-week, a six-week, and a nine-week within the overall contest. So I like what they've done there. Uh, You know, it it is a little tough with only the top 30 getting paid, but like you talk about, Dave, you know, they've got so many other ways you can uh, cash out that it kind of balances it out. I'm curious, Dave, and I don't know how many contests you play in. It seems like you usually get in the William Hill College football. Are, Are you a big circus survivor participant? Have you done that the first couple of seasons? with circa
7: yeah i have uh i mean i pretty i I pretty much play every contest that's ever been held uh, in the last 20 years Mm -hmm. here in vegas including (laughs) including me and matt used to run into each other at the hard rock (laughs) they they used to do some contests but the uh yeah survivor i i've had an individual entry each uh each year the last two years and then i've also have had some partner entries as well so and i'm i'm sure i'll only be uh increasing that amount this year.
4: The only contest in town Dave Tooley has not been a part of is a hot dog eating contest. (laughs) I know right now Stormy Bonantoni is looking for a competitor in a hot dog eating contest. Maybe we can get Dave Tooley signed up for that this weekend. Dave, um, I do want to wrap it up with this. Tell me what you think are realistic entry numbers for the Westgate Super Contest, the Super Contest Gold, and each uh, circuit contest this season.
7: Well, if you go by the uh, the rules that the, the Westgate puts out, um, they usually try to be kind of conservative on when they do their estimated payoff, and so they they uh, put twenty five hundred entries for the for this mm-hmm. year's super contest. Uh, the the goal the gold has uh, taken a hit with the competition of, of Circa also, uh, so that one will probably be you know if it gets to a hundred, they'd, they'd be happy. Uh, the circuit of uh, Sports Million, uh, you know, Derek Stevens steps up again, uh, six million dollar guarantee. So he's looking for six thousand entries to uh, <laughs> to, to, make, to make it there. Uh, circuit Survivor also has a six million dollar uh, guarantee. Last year they were uh, you know one point nine uh, million short on on his guarantee when they guaranteed the. Um, 6 million, but uh, hoping that with the increased popularity of these contests that they get closer to that 6,000 number this year.
4: All right, the first day for registration for the Westgate contest is July 1st, right? Yeah, tomorrow. 9 a.m. I believe that's the case. You're going to be there at 9 a.m. Brent Musburger has been the first one to sign up the last couple years. I don't know if uh, he's going to do that uh, this year. We'll find out. But, uh, Dave, uh, I know that – most people don't realize it, but I do. You are a championship-level eater. You can put down massive amounts of food in a small amount of time. Have you ever been in an official uh, hot dog contest or another food-eating contest?
7: No, I, I've, I'm not, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I, had, I had a friend of a photographer here in town that was actually on the stage at, at Nathan's a couple, couple of years, Ron Koch. But... Uh, I've, I've never gotten in there. I, I, I usually try to go for more higher higher quality food and, uh, eating
4: more. <laughs> okay. Healthy all Dave right. Tooley. The hot dog eating contest on July 4th is right around the corner. Dave Tooley, the v senior reporter at View from Vegas on Twitter. Dave, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Dave. Right, great, guys.
4: Read Happy- all the details of the Vegas football contest in our magazine Point Spread Weekly uh, this week. Dave Tooley details... Uh, the four major contests there from the Westgate and the circuit. Quick break. We come back with best bets, baseball, and more here on The Edge, V-CEN, Esports Betting Network.
1: Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall.
5: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year,
1: This is The Edge on vSEN, the sports betting network.
2: Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken beer made better. 21 years and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly.
4: All right, this is a Best Bets segment. We really don't have a lot to hype up here in Best Bets. We're going to talk about golf and give an update here in a couple minutes. But, Brady, you and I each have a play on the Yankees-Astros game tonight, so we're going to start with that. And these teams just met in the Bronx last weekend and split a four-game series. And let's face it, the Yankees were lucky to get to split in the four-game series. Aaron Judge came up big in a couple of those games Tonight we got the Yankees as road favorites with Luis Severino on the mound. Yankees minus one twenty four, total of seven and a half in Houston.
2: Yeah, I was uh, fortunate. I played this under eight and a half on the overnight last night. I'm not thrilled with under seven and a half. I would take an eight, and I and I still saw a few eights out there here in Las Vegas. You know, this is just a kind of a one-off. This is a one-game deal here that they're meeting up in Houston for, and it kind of feels like a getaway day situation to me. The Yankees are on their way to take on the Cleveland Guardians tomorrow. The Astros will welcome a division opponent to town in the Los Angeles in the Los Angeles. Angels. So I I think it's one of those situations that we see a lot of times like on a Sunday where one team just wants to get out of dodge and uh, that feels like an under. That often translates Mm -hmm. oftentimes to an under. I don't think either one of these uh, pitchers is going to give up a lot of free passes. You might see a relatively quick game. Again, I don't know if I want to go under 7.5. I was fortunate to get 8.5. There are some 8s still out there and that would be my play in this game.
4: 8.5, huh? Yeah. Wow. Found a good number last night. I didn't see that one out there.
2: Did you get that? That up? was the opener, yeah. and, and and like I say, there's still some eights out there. I think I saw at the win. Uh, maybe the Golden Nugget uh, had an eight, but uh, let's see where are we here? Uh, Circa's got
4: seven and a half, and the under is shaded minus one twenty. So you, looks like yeah.
2: it looks like all the eights are gone now. When I came in the studio, there was a cup. There was three eights still on the board. Uh, that could be old news at this point.
4: Quirky scheduling spot here. These teams met in New York last weekend. The Yankees. I've been at home the past few days. And uh, the Astros just had an impressive uh, series against the Mets. Very impressive. Yeah, they spent the week in New York. Now they go home for one game to face the Yankees to start a homestand. I'm going to go with the home dog here. It's just going to be a a small play, like a half-unit play. But I played the Astros at uh, plus 114 in this one tonight. And I'll roll with Garcia and the Astros uh, just for a half-unit bet. I want to talk about two more baseball games before we move on. Uh, Reds, Cubs. I saw Mitch Moss played the dog in this game. Uh, this morning on Follow the Money, he took the Reds, uh, I believe, plus 110. Right now, you got the Reds at plus 115 at circa. Kyle Hendricks, who has uh, allowed a high number of home runs this season, not doing anything particularly well, is a starter for the Cubs at Wrigley. The total is 10. Ashcraft is going to get the start for the Reds. And like I said, Mitch is on the uh, on the dog in this game. I cannot bet against Kyle Hendricks. I can't bet on him, sorry. I can only bet against him, so I'm not going to lay this price with the Cubs. But I think I'll go ahead and pass on this game.
2: Well, I would be with Mitch on the underdog here. I did not play it either. But Kyle Hendricks, uh, he was really good his last time out. But that's the problem. It would be the time to fade him this one because he hasn't been consistent. He's been topsy-turvy all season long. Meanwhile, Graham Ashcraft, the rookie, this guy is really impressive. I've seen him pitch a couple times now. Most recently when he just throttled the Giants last week, he went eight innings, struck out eight batters, only gave up six hits this guy throws a cut fastball mm-hmm. at 99 miles an hour he is really a promising starter for that reds organization so i'd be wanting to back him here like you say as an underdog uh against you know why, why are the cubs really favored by by you know anything here i would probably make this game a i would think
4: right here at the south point reds are plus 117 so you get an even better number uh, right here, Ashcraft has, a. you know, I watched that game last week against the Giants, too. He's got a surprisingly low number of strikeouts on the season, 27 and 41 innings. And uh, after watching that game last week, that surprised me. Kyle Hendricks has allowed 13 homers in 75 innings this season, not doing anything uh, really well. Occasionally, he'll have a good start, but he would be a guy to look to bet against, not bet on. How about Padres and Dodgers tonight in L.A.? And uh, the Padres are going to start Joe Musgrove, who... Uh, was rocked in his first start last week off the COVID list. We'll see if he's settled down a little bit tonight. Mitch White gets a start for the Dodgers, who did get a big win in uh, Colorado yesterday. Joe Musgrove, 8 and 1 with a 212 ERA, 0.95 whip. He's got really strong numbers across the board. But, Mitt, or um, excuse me, uh, Brady, he's off his worst start of the season. We'll see if he can bounce back. And, I have not seen late word today if Manny Machado is going to be back in the Padres lineup or not.
2: Yeah, they're expecting he might be, Mm -hmm. and they were saying he might have even been able to play yesterday, but they held him back. But he could very well uh, show up in that Padres lineup for the Friars this evening. I don't know if it matters. I mean, obviously it matters, but as far as a bet to be made, uh, I'm not too worried about it. I like the spot for the Padres here. Uh, You talk about Joe Musgrove coming back in that first start after being on the COVID list, and and that's a spot where we typically like to fade a guy mm-hmm. after he's been off his routine for a while and sure enough it worked if you were back in the the Phillies in that game but now I expect him to bounce back and get back to that 8-0 pitcher that he was prior to that loss and it's a tough spot I think for the Dodgers as well they've been on a 9 game road trip this is their first game of an 11 game homestand so I think it's very difficult to adjust off of that long road trip now you're going to about to start a long homestand I think this would be the game to go against here, I'd take the Friars as the dog.
4: Yeah, and the Dodgers have been uh, very inconsistent offensively without Mookie Betts. Right now, these teams are tied in the win column atop the National League West, but the Dodgers have a one and a half game lead in the loss column, 46 and 28, and the Padres 46 and 31. As they go head to head tonight in LA, and uh, typically when a team comes home that first game after a long road trip, you do want to fade that team yeah. in that spot. And that would be a fade the Dodgers' spot. Uh, which happened uh, actually about a month ago when they came home and got swept by the Pirates (laughs) in a three-game series at the end of May. All right, let's get back to football. We talked about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears in the first uh, segment of today's show. And yesterday we talked about the best Thursday night games on the schedule. Uh, you and I both lean under the Bears, win total of mm-hmm. 6.5 at the West Geek Superbook. There are look-ahead lines for the entire season. The Bears are favored only twice. I think they're going to be favored maybe a couple more times than that when it's all said and done. But still, under 6.5 looks like the bet, unless Justin Fields really develops. Uh, the Bears are not going to be on prime time too often this season, <laughs> Brady, but we will see the Bears in Week 7 at New England. Let's take a look at the uh, best of the Monday night football schedule in the 2022 season. And uh, I didn't put the Bears at Patriots on this uh, graphic because it's not really a high-profile game necessarily. Uh, but in week seven, that's going to be Bears at Pats. And, uh, here's they the won't entire, be favored in that game. Here's the entire Monday night football schedule. Okay, uh, let's go with uh, we'll start out week one, Broncos and Seahawks. I'll tell you what I think is the best on the schedule. How about Raiders at Chiefs in week five? Uh, We've also got Broncos at Chargers in Week 6. We're going to skip ahead to Week 9, Ravens at Saints. And we're going to Week 12, Steelers at Colts. Week 13, Saints at Buccaneers. Uh, Week 15, Rams at Packers. Week 16, Chargers at Colts. And uh, Week 17, Bills at Bengals. You get the point. So what we're talking about yesterday, Brady, is that The NFL is not just putting trash on Thursday nights anymore. We do have some high-profile matchups on Thursday night. The Monday night schedule has been really disappointing for the most part the last couple of years. I think for the – I think – The majority of the matchups on Monday night this year are stronger. I think we got some better matchups on Monday night football.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, You talked about the Raiders and the Chiefs. I I think that's certainly a good one. Uh, The Chargers and the Colts, you know, that's uh, way down the line here. That one's in mid-December. But the line on that game is 2.5 right now in favor of the Indianapolis Colts, who will be at home for that game. And I was looking at this before the show today, and – you know, obviously, it's very difficult to speculate six months from now. You know what the situation is going to be, what the landscape is going to be, and what the line on the game is going to be. But it feels like that line is really solid. I think both of these teams are going to be good, the Chargers and the Colts. And I think, you know, on what is that, December sixteenth, December twenty-sixth, the day after Christmas, I think we very well could see Colts minus two and a half in that game.
4: Well, that's what we see right now at the Westgate Super Bowl: yeah. Colts minus two and a half over the Chargers in Week sixteen. In uh, week five, it's the Chiefs six and a half over the Raiders. The Chargers, three-point favorites over the Broncos in week six. The Ravens are two-point favorites at New Orleans. Actually, in week nine, I was talking about the Packers, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home over the Rams in week 15. And then skip ahead to week 17, the Bills minus two-and-a-half at the Bengals. And two AFC heavyweights go head-to-head. All right, we didn't get a chance to update golf today, but we'll try to do that tomorrow. Any big surprise for you in in the next 10 seconds in in, in the golf tournament? Ryan
2: Fox is leading the Irish Open at 8 under par. The Live Tour, Pat Perez, Henny Duplessis, Yanchiro Uh, Kazuma, (laughs) Sam Horsfield, and John Deere, you've got J.T. Poston in the lead at 9 under par.
4: All right, stay tuned. Great show on deck. My Guys in the Desert Visa and the Sports Wedding Network.